to be. Or not to be. To be or not to be. That is the question. Oh, no. Hi, friends. So, welcome to Hipster Shakespeare, Hipster Verse. I don't know. Hipster's a little. We should have talked about this first. Hipster's a little dated. Pocket. <laughs> Um, um you you ain't even heard this yet <laughs> that's right you you dear listeners can name this portion it's basically <laughs> colin and i are going to talk about the podcast yeah and it's give some backst- talking backstage maybe <laughs> yeah exactly over a pint podcast this one we're going to allow ourselves to swear so any teachers that are like, go forth, children, and listen to everything on Hamlet to Hamilton, uh, this is your content warning. And all of you teenagers <laughs> that are listening to this and like, is your teenager getting into blank verse? Here are the signs. Um, <laughs> welcome. We're going to swear. <laughs> and- right. Surprise, in future, uh, in modern blank verse, uh, characters can swear as No, they happens. fucking can't. Oh, sorry. Are you talking? <laughs> you dipshit? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, well, I want to. I seem to no, recall having read No, you fucking can't, you dipshit. That is iambic tetrameter. <laughs> Great. We've already learned something. <laughs> yes, we have. This is not. This is this is not your professor's podcast, except it probably is. All right, so, um, Colin, what were you going to say? I, I no, you don't know. Okay, great. I'm going to start us off then. Um, so, welcome to Hamlet to Hamilton, an audio drama podcast. No, it's not an audio drama podcast. It's just a sheer old podcast exploring verse drama, and um, we're going to drop this. Actually, I was thinking we could, if we could do this up real quick. We might drop this sooner rather than later, just for kicks and giggles. We'll see. Sure. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we want to give you sort of a backstage pass. Um, I know that actually, so <laughs> so anyone that's been in theater, you know that there's the portion of the show, like part of the ritual of the show is to go to like a cast party or like to go out to a pub afterwards or to invade Applebee's. <laughs> Or Denny's <laughs> to to invade some place where where people cannot really kick you out, um, <laughs> and where you can kind of like just just sort of talk and be. So this is kind of our yeah. virtual pub. Um, yeah, where we will that's a good talk, way to put it. Yeah, where we will talk and be about uh, what the show was like. And actually, I am so sad. Because when I was, um, I spent a month in London and Stratford upon Avon right after coming out of college. And that's where, like, I, I learned the beginning of the John Barton method and, like, you know, oh. sort of more formal stuff about Shakespeare. And um, when we were in Stratford upon Avon, we were told that there was this one pub where all the actors went afterwards to have a pint, but you had to get in by like 11 p.m. Otherwise, they shut the door to anyone. Um, so the actors could have a little bit of privacy. Yeah. And, and I was like maybe just 21 and just so unsure of myself. And I felt like such a fraud being there and just, just so much of like, I'm not worthy stuff that I never had the guts to go. No. I never went. And I also had come so much from a teetotaler type background um, that I was oh, like still no. a little afraid of pubs and things. Yeah. And no one forced me in, but, but like I would go to the bar and whatever hotel we were all, you know, put in. Cause it was, um, cause, cause like that was safe. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, and so there were a few nights because it was this weird program where it was a bunch of like college students that were like taking classes during the days and then going to the shows at night. And then a bunch of like incredibly rich old white bankers that came every year. I know that came every year on this trip <laughs> just to see the shows. Oh and, yes. Okay. Right. But these guys had been, see- they were seeing Anthony Hopkins at, you know, when the RSC had started with Dame Judy Dench and the two of them and Anthony and Cleopatra. So, they would sit and they would like piss on the shows that we were watching, but then also like piss on Sir Anthony Hopkins and be like, oh yeah, when we saw Tony, he did this. <laughs> like, wow. 
And I, again, I'm cake, like I, I soaked up a little bit of it, but man, if I had a TARDIS, I would go back and do things very differently. <laughs> that's, that's funny to hear that. Cause like I have, I took the opposite career approach from, oh? from the time I was in college. Okay. Like if I went to ACTF, I was networking like ACTF. Uh, it- I should. Yeah. The American college theater festival. Right. For, for the uninitiated. Now the <laughs> Kennedy Senator Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival. Uh, well, um, are you in fact that same award winning Colin Kovarik? <laughs> yes, I am in fact the same one who won uh, first in the nation for the first show he ever sound designed. I love. Thank Darn you for tootin'. providing me that uh, setup. Any time. That I could mention that again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was in college, uh, even community college. And I was fortunate enough to be at a community college that was uh, an ACTF participant. Mm. Uh, so I went like four years in a row. Yeah, I think so. And then, yeah, and then went to, to nationals yeah. on, on my fourth year. Nice. Um, but you networked with everyone. Yeah, you, I was, you ag- I was aggressive. Network. I was, well, not aggressive, but I was like assertive about it. To the yeah, point yeah, that yeah. at the first festival I went to, like the other students that were there with me were like mocking me for being a social butterfly. And I was like, what do you think we're here for? Are you what are you doing? extroverted though? No, God, no. You're not? I just really? play one really well. Yeah. Uh-uh. And like, <laughs> I didn't realize, I didn't realize how calculating I was as a networker until <laughs> I went to a, uh, so this was uh, through my school. I had a connection in the office at Milwaukee repertory mm-hmm. Um which at the time was a, a company I really had my eye on trying to work at. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Uh, I actually have since worked there, uh, which is kind of hey, cool. Hey, uh, for you. Nice. But uh, so we got, we had a like a there was an alumni who worked in the office and had free tickets, and so I uh, went to see Man of La Mancha with a friend of mine. And we got lucky. That's one of my favorite musicals ever. And I have never, ever, ever, ever oh, seen no. it live. It was a very good production. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and actually the, the lead in it, I, I forget his name. Uh, Nate, it might've been Nathan Stampley. He was like, he was like, the show was closing. And the next day he was going to New York to join the Broadway cast of the color purple. <clears throat> like he Damn. was, he was um, excellent. Nice. Uh, but we also through the same contact, Mm-hmm. Um, shout out Michaela Durkee, who now works <laughs> in Minnesota. Um, she got us into the cast party, like the closing night cast party upstairs yeah, in, the, in the bar. Uh, and I, um, I worked, I worked the room, but this was the first time cause I was with my friend who was a couple years behind me in school. I was giving her a play by play of how I planned to work the room. <laughs> and I, I wasn't aware of having these plans until te- <laughs> until until I had to tell somebody uh-huh. how I planned it. And after that day, I was like, God, who am I? Because I was like, I was like, okay. So last time I saw him, I blindsided him. I don't want to do that again. I'm going to give him a minute. No, no. And, but it's a skill. Like, yeah. and you do need to learn it because you, when you're in the arts, you're a business of one. Yeah. Exactly. And I yeah. had like I had I had layers of preparation for this. I, I, re- I remember oh, now. Oh, see, I, I'm still very much a pantser. Yeah, okay. good for you. <laughs> well, like because I uh, the the position I was gunning for at the time right. uh, was uh, emerging professional resident, um, mm. which is kind of this residency for young actors that you that. understudy a lot. Um, <clears throat> Um, but <laughs> would there be any jobs for you in what you would type into? <laughs> As I learned, as I have since learned, no. Aww, <laughs> no. Boo. No, not at all. You but, were great the other day as LaBeouf. You were like really great and wonderful well, thank and you. sexy and charming. Well, that's the, the thing is, though, I look so much older than I am uh, that I it's going to be maybe 10 years before there's actual room for me in those companies. Or, or. Or I lose. Could, no, no. I know. that's. Or we stop casting stupid first. That would be great. Let's start casting that. according to like who the person actually freaking is. 
and what they can do and like what's inside them. And then let's also do some plays that are not the same old, same old. Yeah, which is an issue among <coughs> certain repertory <coughs> regional theaters that. What? Um, no, not a problem at all. No, yeah. that didn't come to light recently. <laughs> no, that hasn't been evident from day one. Are you yeah. kidding me? No. Uh, but I, I do want to mention these layers Sorry. of preparation because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't. This was completely unconscious. It was just me like thinking in terms of how to make connections, not mm-hmm. realizing what a conniving plan this was. It's uh, a cunning and, plan. <laughs> yeah. So like there were three stages before I even got to this. Over the summer, I'd worked at a major regional theater. It was my first regional contract, mm-hmm. and I was a production assistant also helping with sound, which incidentally was where I discovered sound design and where I met oh, the guy nice. who became my professional mentor. Great. Um, Hi, Josh. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, who I still work with on a regular basis, which is well wonderful. Well done, Josh. But I also, yeah. uh, I also got to audition for a bunch of companies that would come through that, uh, that place. And one of them was Milwaukee Repertory. Uh, and the casting director gave me his, his card and was like, hey, you should, you should you know, apply for this re- mm-hmm. residency. And mm-hmm. so that was step one. I'm like, great, cool. He knows who I am. He thought I'd be a good candidate. Awesome. Next, I'm back at school. I get an email about free tickets for this staged reading that the emerging, the current emerging professional residents are doing out at 10 Chimneys, which is the estate of uh, Lunt and Fontaine, who were um, old Broadway stars who um, just built this massive house in Waukesha, Wisconsin, that has 10, that has 10 chimneys. They were BFFs with Lawrence Olivier. He had his own room there. Um, a lot of history. And they also every year have like a resident actor, like it's a center for actor training now and historical, like historical theater stuff. Uh, (laughs) uh, so I went, I went out there. I I was like, hell yes, I'm going to take this free ticket. (laughs) I went out there. Saw the staged reading, liked it, reintroduced myself to the casting director. Nice. And then introduced myself to some of the resident, the current residents, but I didn't want to be that guy that was like, hey, I want to be you next year. Um, <laughs> so I introduced myself to a few of them and then mm-hmm. went home. And then I find myself at this party. Nice. And I'm, I'm, I'm standing, I've posted up by the pizza where mm-hmm. everyone is guaranteed to come by at some point. <laughs> Oh, that is sneaky. All right, go ahead. <laughs> and then I made my plan from that point. And I was like, wow. okay, so I blindsided the casting director last time. And because mm-hmm. I like, yeah, he yeah, did that yeah. thing where it was like loading. Where do I know you from? Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, um, yeah. I, was like, I don't want to do that to him again. So I'll then give him, him a minute. Uh, but then I was like, I know him. I know him. I know her from the reading. So I can say hi to them again. And then all the rest of the prof- emerging professional residents, I can be like, hey, I saw you in that stage reading. By the way, I'm Colin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, the, the story of when I, the day I realized done. I was incredibly conniving about making connections. I've chilled out on that since once sure. I had a stable network, I stopped being so gung-ho about building connections. But Well, that's the thing. Like, so, so I... It's kind of thrown into the deep end where I wasn't like I, I learned a lot of skills at my undergrad, um, but only because they were like, sure, take the theater, do something with it, you know? So like <laughs> um and and then I I did have a professor that would not let me settle for good enough as a director. Good. Uh, yeah, which well, which is why I had changed my major to theater. And oh. then yeah, 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 from uh creative writing actually. Uh, okay. cause they weren't pushing me. They were just like giving me A's, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. it was just awfully nice, but like, I don't know. I wanted a challenge anyway. Um, but I, I didn't have any networking skills at all. And I didn't feel that I had any like leg to stand on. Like I didn't feel like I had any achievements. I didn't feel like I have a resume or a CV. And so that's where, uh, you know, I, I got a lot out of going to England uh, a year after I graduated. I spent a year in a terrible office job. Like, it wasn't terrible. Just all office jobs are terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then went to England and then came back and was teaching, even though, like, I had no right to teach, but someone had hired me as a teacher, so I was teaching uh-huh. and doing drama. Really what they wanted was a, was a teacher for drama, but, like, they had to hire you for something else because it was a Catholic school. So like uh-huh. I, I taught kids perspective in, you know, like little <laughs> kindergartners, this is the foreground background and middle ground. And then 
whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, really, they just want me to do their Wizard of Oz with 425 kids in the cast. What? 72 what? munchkins. How? <laughs> yes. And they wanted a finale. They wanted everyone to come on again at the end. Oh, Oh, God. No. That is a story for another day. But that was my first major directing gig out of college. And every day, speaking of Men of La Mancha, every day I would drive to work to teach and then to have rehearsal in the afternoon. And I would have on in my, like, horrible little junk car uh, the tape of Men of La Mancha. Um, (laughs) And I would, you know, have it cued to the impossible dream. Yep. And I'd be like, we'd be going, you know, if I could survive this, I could survive it. <laughs> the, and that, that is actually what I expected you to say. Uh, somehow. Really? <laughs> it was like, at least that song. Absolutely. Definitely oh, that one, song. <laughs> 100, that, that is absolutely one of my heart songs. But, um. And and then I got sent out to do like a month in LA screenwriting where I learned screenwriting and LA are are not my cup of tea. And like the final thing of this whole class was you were supposed to talk to producers and pitch. And I thought it was an educational thing. And they were all like, no, actually, we're looking for scripts. And so one guy actually got up in the middle of my pitch and just left. Oh, my God. I was, and the burgeoning Miss Snyder, because I now had a year of teaching under my belt, like (laughs) really nearly came out to yell at him and be like, who do you think you are, young man? (laughs) But I was like, what, 22? I was a school, like a a kind of vaguely failed school marm and a vaguely (laughs) failed like office assistant. (laughs) Uh, So it wasn't until the following year because then I did a year of like student teaching but um our parish priest had a school had a catholic school that was like empty hadn't been a school for years so he just had this like extra building that had a ter- terrible 1950s Jim Cafetorium oh no and no but he just gave me the keys literally gave me the keys so oh. for like a year and a half I kind of could do whatever I wanted <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, like, and where was this? This was up in um, Marlboro, Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. I lived like right after college. Gotcha. Um, And where I like just did a ton of work because it was similar. Like, it actually, that was kind of like my, you know, I mean, my my undergrad was like, I don't know if the the theater's free. Yeah. I guess you could do an extra play if you feel like, you know, doing like a a junior thesis. You know, I guess you can. You know, and same thing, you know, like the the priest who was really, really one of the few like really good ones, um, was just like, we have a free building if you want to do stuff <laughs> and just let me. Um, and it, even then when I started teaching at the Catholic high school, the year after that, they he un, until they actually decimated not decimated, but like they they sold it off, you know, with all the church closings. Oh yes. Um, we we had reign of that because w- there was no stage at the school that I was hired to teach at, which is a whole other, other story. story. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of just sort of like, here's a group, do things with them. Hmm. Um, and so so I then in 2003 I finally uh, I I <laughs> composed directed, produced, choreographed an opera ballet <laughs> because of course I did. And why um, not? Why not? <laughs> it, it it had there are a lot of things I would revise about it now, but it was one of those like experiences where you felt like you did something. Oh yes. Yeah. And so after like having been in LA where everyone's like, yeah, so this is what I'm working on. And Ugh. I'm like, <laughs> I have hair down to my butt and I don't know fashion, but somehow that's important to writing. <laughs> you are, you are telling me literally someone told me that. Um, they told what? me I need to lose weight in order to be a screenwriter in LA. What? Yeah. It was, and, and there was no such thing as body positivity. Oh, of course. At that time. None whatsoever. So I just took that on board. I mean, a lot of it now is performative anyway. Right. <clears throat> so at least, we're, at least it's a vocab word we right, have. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah. So so a, a lot of it has just been like, here's a thing, do a thing, 
And so actually I've been bizarrely like, I kind of like learned how to network backwards because then there started to come a point like, like with like parents of kids as I'm doing, you know, the, the school play. But then also, then I started my own theater company because like, you know, father Larry had sort of let me do that for a year. And so when I was ready to really do it, like it was kind of nothing. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and then again, you have people like coming up to you because you're the public face and people's like hands are out because they want, because they want jobs and you're apparently giving them out. <laughs> and, and, and so like, I do meet people like you three or four times. And I'm like, to please tell me your context, please tell me your context because <laughs> you're all coming at me and yeah. you just watched me be like. Hi guys, so this is Turn to Flash Productions. This is what we do. And like there's only one of me, and there's a crowd of you. (laughs) And I've never been good at names. Like never. That's why I name my characters weird ass things. Because (laughs) I'm like, you know, if I'm like, "Mm, I've always wanted to play Bob Smith, I'm like, Bob Smith from what? I don't know. But if you're like, I want to be Voltamand, you're like, there is one Voltamand. He is frequently cut from Hamlet, but like if you want to say I want to play Voltamand, I know what you want to play. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you know, in fact, there's only other one other Ophelia really like in sort of canon. There's oh. Shakespeare's. Yeah. And then in Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yeah. Interesting. I did not I know. know that. Yeah. Not a very good play, but yeah. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so I, before we go, cause we're going to keep this a little bit short. I did want to, uh, let you all in on how this podcast came to be. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Uh, since, since we have been asked this question before, do you want to tell it or shall I tell it, Colin? Uh, I can, I suppose I can begin. Okay. Great. Uh, it's, I mean, okay. So this might sound kind of weird, but I've been a fan of Turn to Flesh Productions since before I even went to college. Um, I've been following their work because uh, I applied to two colleges, uh, University of Wisconsin Parkside, where I ultimately went, as well as Franciscan University, which I honestly like, well, there were there were a number of reasons for not going. But the first one was like how stingy they were with the scholarship, which was yeah. a, a nice a nice little direction away from it. Um, yeah. But and I got- can we just say debt forgiveness is a very Christian thing to vote for? Yeah. Right, keep going on. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, because I was like, I'd been to conferences and stuff, uh, mm. and I was, I had made it uh, known that I was interested in being a student there. I got their student, like their promo magazine. And I guess when Turn to Flesh was founded, they did like a two page spread on it. Yeah. So when we were, so uh, I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, Ohio for my undergrad, uh, Emerson for my grad work about 10 years later. And, uh, myself, actually, I haven't told this part of the story. The reason why Turn to Flesh sort of came to be is I had reached a glass ceiling in Massachusetts of like, I was being hired consistently and even hired through the recession as a director. Um, you know, it was very weird. Like theater was suddenly like my lifeline, um, and was the thing that was paying me, which was very cool, but there was only so far I could get. And like New York city had always been calling my name. So I did an exploratory trip down here because the alumni network is really pretty strong just for the drama section of Franciscan university. I don't know about the other like mini colleges, but like Mm -hmm. Anathan theater drama, the professors have been really good about like getting us in touch with each other. Hmm. So there, Michelle Kafel was someone that was on the alumni, uh, the theater list. And she mentioned that she was in a play down in New York City. And I honestly just wanted a reason to go down and check out and see whether I wanted to live in New York City and sort of like take the big jump that I'd been feeling very much like, you know, I I was very much doing that, you know, could be, who knows? (laughs) Every I want song, I I want adventure in the great white somewhere. Like... (laughs) I, that was all me. And um, so Michelle was willing. So this was the excuse. I was like, oh, you're in a play. I should come see you as a fellow alumni. <laughs> and so came down. We ta- were talking about it. I was talking about I wanted to set up a, a theater company maybe in New York. I wasn't sure whether to come. She brought me out to a bar after the show where it actually – And this is such um, 
another hundred people just got off of the train. You know, yeah. like, we'll, we'll meet at the party of a party of a friend that we don't know. Because yeah. that was exactly it. We went to a birthday party in a bar in Soho of a friend of a friend of hers that I'm not sure if I was introduced to <laughs> or not. Screaming over the loud music, I'm being introduced to this like Catholic financier that's a very Wall Street guy going, so why are you going to come down to New York? And I'm like, well, I like theater. <laughs> and I've been doing this new verse thing and the people in Massachusetts only kind of seem to get it. And I think maybe New York would get it better. And he, as we were walking out the door, this is my favorite story, because this literally happened. It was like a movie, but it happened. As we were walking out the door at like 2 a.m., and me, little Massachusetts girl, 2 a.m. in Soho in New York City after an off-Broadway show that had been reviewed by the New York Times, hanging out with the cast, and um, or one member of the cast, anyway, at someone else's birthday party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as we're walking out, he said, I'm going to tell you the reason to new- move to New York. And it's not for the money, and it's oh. not for the fame, it's not for the success, because if you come here for that, you will fail. But it's because this is the cultural center of the world. And tomorrow morning, and as we're walking out, he points to this guy on a bar stool, that guy on a bar, like totally random, but also sort of very, very New York in suits type guys. And he says, you know, that guy and that guy and that guy are all going to wake up and make decisions that affect the entire world. So you can keep playing to the audiences in Massachusetts, or you can come down here and do something. And then I swear to God, he kissed me on the cheek and walked off into the fucking mist. (laughs) What? Really? Really? That's what happened. And in that moment with perfect clarity after years, because it had been like four or five years, but really longer, like from middle school, I had literally been looking over New Jersey and singing bell to the (laughs) skyline. Um, But, you know, so really it was like most of my life was tending in this direction. I'd always been like, "Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm. Um, doing the damn thing of not going to the pub, not living. And, um, and at that moment I knew there was just no escaping. I was just going to have to, I had to finish out my season, which included four Shakespeare plays, including like the (laughs) Tempest and Macbeth, you know, small things, small things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and then, and then find a way to live in New York city. And so when I came down, all I knew how to do was to like, just start shit. (laughs) <laughs> and Michelle was willing to sort of like help me. So that's where I'm a co-founder of Turn to Flesh Productions. Oh, okay. I yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> and we, have, and um, because we were both alma maters of Franciscan University of Steubenville, even though we were never in the same year, she came in after I'd graduated. That's ah. where we were like, well, let's see if the alumni magazine will like give us a shout out since there's two of us. Okay. And they, and they did. Um, they came to our first ever gala. We're actually coming up October 4th is going to be our, uh, is our birthday. Um, ah, okay. Awesome. Very fortuitous because that is St. Francis' feast day. And um, yeah. And it was an incredibly, like, it was a really warm night in October, bizarrely. We were all like sweating in this random, it's a way too small studio in New York City, but it was all we could afford. And um, we didn't know what we were doing and, uh, but everyone seemed to enjoy themselves and, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, here well, we are. And then, well, the, the, <laughs> so you're part half, of it then. Yeah. The other yeah, part of sorry. my story. No, no, that's all relevant information. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kept following Turn to Flesh and, uh, we got connected initially through a, a friend, a mutual friend named Cole Matson, who, who I'm going to talk to tonight, actually. Oh, yeah. yay. Good. Yeah, because... Please tell um, him I say hi. He, he held my hand through during The Other Other Woman the other day. One, one of my, We had a private reading of one of my plays, and um, I was feeling feelings. Wow. Uh, yeah, so we're going to post-mortem tonight. Cole Matson, by the way, if, if any of you out there are Catholic or Christian artists or identify as artists of any sort of faith, uh, Cole Matson is um, a guy who just connects people. He's yeah. really good at Very that. Very good at it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he runs Catholic Artist Connection. Um, but again, it, I mean, he's very open to people of all faith and no faith. He, you know, he's, uh, I will ask him if I can yeah. like, and link anybody, his info, <laughs> but like, he's, good, he's, he's good people. He's yeah. Good he's open to people. anybody that's interested in digging, like getting at big things, big questions. Yeah. That's the he's I'd the one it. that that kept encouraging me to write the King Arthur play. So. 
Ah, yeah, that's cool. You can thank him for that. Yeah, yeah. and anyway. so actually, I I found him. It's this is there's a lot of a lot of serendipity or synchronicity, whatever you want to call it, about me being friends with him first, because I found him. So I used to be like super John Paul II fanboy. Now I have certain theological quibbles. That's a longer story, but sure. I was literally, I remember this very clearly. I was regardless. It's super nice to have a Pope who was an actor. Like, yes. And that was why one of, one of the primary reasons I was very interested in him, Mm. his pre pre Pope life and what little theory of theater he actually wrote and particularly like his approach to it. Which is called rhapsodic theater for anyone who feels like doing, um, some some homework because (laughs) like, I I have a feeling we're going to, all the people who want to do homework are going to come to our yard. (laughs) Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. Um, but I, I was doing research for a a project that I had, uh, that I was going to do an undergrad. I, I, I forget exact. I think it was for my principles of design class. I did a costume and scenic design for the jeweler's shop. And I was, which I was in with Cole Matson. We played husband and wife in act two. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so we're learning live on, live on the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I I Google I was just googling and mm. I also remember the environment. I was in a hotel room in Paris by myself in the middle of what turned out to be a very traumatic trip to Paris to France to visit oh, an ex girlfriend. It do, was smack dab in the middle of that. Do you have traumatic Paris r- with romance? <laughs> I do. Involved. Me too. Oh my god. Okay. We we will talk about that. Dear an, dear audience, time. welcome to us learning a lot of things <laughs> uh, at the same time. So, I, did anyway. you too have a bad experience in Paris that had to do with sex and romance? Drop a comment and let us know. <laughs> well, thankfully, Paris was awesome for me because oh, I, I had been my my oh. Um, my ex-girlfriend basically told me to get out of her house in the north of France. And I had a few days left uh, on my trip. So I just bought a train ticket to Paris from the north of France and spent two days alone in Montmartre, basically backpacking around. Yeah, I didn't know that was the historical arts district. I took myself. That's also like epic. Oh, oh, it was incredible. I like, hell, I was the first play I did in college was Picasso at the La Panagile by Steve Martin. I went to La Panagile. Nice. And for 28 euros, got their signature cherry brandy and five hours of cabaret. So you did did way better than I did, man. Good on for you. No, Paris Paris was wonderful. I also went to mass (laughs) in the the chapel where the apparition that gave us the miraculous medal happened. Oh, that's cool. Where they have the heart of St. Vincent de Paul. And the incorrupt bodies of the founders of the order and St. Catherine okay, Labore. That is the weirdest <clears throat> thing about Europe is you start stumbling over incorrupted bodies. Like <laughs> Yeah, you don't see that in America. Not not <laughs> let let's hope that doesn't become a thing, actually. <laughs> like it's a little yeah. weird. I remember yeah. being in the Vatican and being like, Oh, there's a random incorrupted body. I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. gonna look at the ceiling again now. Yeah. So I've gotten I've gotten on a way, right, sorry, one sorry, hell of a rabbit trail, but um, <clears throat> uh, we can go over Cole Matson. Cole Matson. Yes. So I found Cole's name mm-hmm. while sitting in a, a hotel room in Paris, googling stuff about John Paul II because he'd written an article for his grad school's magazine, well, all about he, it. I think he did his like and his and his doctorate. Thesis, yes, but this was while he yeah. was working on it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so the, all I could find was his name, and I was like, "Wow, that's this is really mm-hmm. fascinating," mm-hmm. and. I, I think I had his I used his article as a research resource for my project and then nice. the following year mm-hmm. this was also in that same pivotal summer when I was at the regional theater mm. discovering sound I also mm. Cole's name occurred to me again and I was like huh mm. I wonder I wonder where he is now mm. and I I look him up and he's since graduated Mm-hmm. And there, I'm able to get an email address, and then I find him on Facebook. And was I, this when he was working at the Sheen, or had he moved to? No, this was Minnesota by then. I think it was before that. No, it was this was 2016. So this might have been pre Sheen Center. <gasps> this this was before he moved to New York City. Okay, yeah. yeah. He, has, he he has a version of the story about how I used the Hobbit to get him to come to New York City. <laughs> Okay, that, maybe that's yeah, a story yeah. of another time. That's but a story. Well, we'll get him on mic someday. That would be great. Um, mm-hmm. But I, so I was able to get a hold of him, and I essentially sent him a message, a friend request, mm-hmm. and a message explaining why we should be friends, and he agreed with me. 
I got to tell you, like, that is a special gift that man has. It's true. When he finally moved to New York City, like, he and I were in a pub. <laughs> he doesn't drink, but we're in a pub because that's what you do. That's what you do, I'm yeah. sure it was after a show. <laughs> I'm positive it was. Uh, and, and then we talked for three hours, and, and I remember thinking, and I don't think I've ever said this to him, so Cole, if you're listening, uh, here you go. Uh, I remember thinking in that, that, that meeting, I'm like, Oh, well, I've made a new best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's good peeps. Um, He's good peeps. So that was so how I knew him. him. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I, like, we scheduled, like, a FaceTime interview to, like, about actually right. know who each other were. And, he was and we had a lot room. of, yeah. yeah, we had a lot of shared interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so he and I stayed in touch. We actually, uh, we had, we still didn't, we never met until fall of 2019 in person when I was on, when he had moved to Minnesota and I went on retreat at the Center for the Prophetic Imagination. Okay. Shout out to them. They're wonderful. I love everything they do. Um, but Cole and I met for lunch right after my retreat concluded. And so that was the first time I'd met him in person. And then mere, literally weeks later, He's brought you to Minnesota. Oh, is when he puts up the thing saying about about the classes? The workshops, yeah. Yeah. And I had, I saw this and I commented, oh man, I wish one of those workshops, uh, I I could make it to one of those workshops. So so let me uh, jump in here. So basically what had happened was uh, Cole was working here at the, I guess really this, 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 this little podcast is all about like, (laughs) the the answer is go to the pub. (laughs) Go to the pub. Man, that's what we'll call this. Go to the pub. Yeah. Be brave and go to the pub. Um, but uh, so so Cole had worked at the Sheen Center here in New York City and then had taken a job at a different theater company um, in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And when he was there, that's where they were looking for a Christmas show. And so uh, he knows I'm a playwright. Uh, again, he's um, – you know, he's, he's asked for different shows for me and we've collaborated together before and, uh, including several verse plays, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about on other days. But, um, so I sent him my Christmas Carol that I actually had originally written for the same group of 425 kids, (laughs) um, thinking that I was going to teach there the next year and going, okay, well, you know, I'm at least going to take command. And then I didn't teach there the following year. Um, but I did do my Christmas Carol, uh, several years later. doesn't matter anyways, but I was like, okay, he wants a Christmas. He wants a Christmas something. Well, I've got a Christmas Carol. Uh, let me dust this off, send it off. And they liked it and they took it. And, um, and that's where, uh, they invited me to come out in order to see it. But unfortunately, and this is pre pandemic, unfortunately something happened that was be- completely beyond their control and they weren't able to do it in 2019. And so it was supposed to be done in 2020. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, they'd already paid for the um, for the airplane ticket for me to come out for that week of the first performances. And there were supposed to be talkbacks and, and me giving classes and things like that. And, um, and, and now it just didn't pan out. And, you know, I'm like, I was really happy to spend a week with Cole, like, don't get me wrong. And, and to meet the people in the theater. And like, we had a private reading of the script and like, you know, that was nice. Um, and it was, you know, nice to be out, out of the city, but I really was very bummed that I didn't get to like do a workshop. Frankly, I was really kind of looking forward to it. So when you then saw the listing <laughs> and said, well, if you guys like, if you were in Wisconsin, I could probably get 10 people to come. And yeah. Cole messaged me. This is all over Facebook <laughs> Messenger. Cole, the ultimate connector, messaged me. He's like, well, would you want to go to Wisconsin? No, I've never been to either Minnesota or Wisconsin. Like, you know, I, I knew I had nothing else to do for a week, you know, right after <laughs> Thanksgiving and before my company would move into its uh, – actually, I was <laughs> – right after that, I went into rehearsals for Juliet and her Romeo as Juliet. So, like yes. – it, Which it, I yeah. then, after this <laughs> you, workshop, came and yeah, saw. In you February. did come and see in February, <laughs> and that closed right before the world ended. So, like, <laughs> that's that seems right. Um, anyway, <laughs> but but so um, 
So Colin says, do you want to go? I have no idea how far it is actually from one state to the other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I should I should jump in here and be like, yeah. I had absolutely no expectation that they were going to come <laughs> do one. I was just, well, this was but a... Cole is a great or outdoorsman and also is a great traveler. So that's where he was like, this is no distance at all. And I'm like, well, I trust you, Cole. And then I find out it's like a four-hour drive. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll be driving half of this with you, won't I? <laughs> Let's see how much this New Yorker of eight years remembers how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I had, I for the record, I had this was like kind of a flippant comment in the first place. I was like, (laughs) you didn't. I would. No, no, I I absolutely meant it. I was like, wow, I really wish I could make it to one of these. By the way, if you happened at some point to do one of these in Milwaukee, I could probably guarantee like ten people. Right, and then all of a sudden. After they've conferred, he's I'm moving in a group, and shaking. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a group a group chat with the three of them, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "Hey, uh, <clears throat> if you can guarantee a space, and people will just come and do one." I'm like, "Yes, yes, okay, yep, that's that's what's happening." And I just like leap into organizer mode, um, and yeah, you, I email everybody. A few humans to show up. I emailed everybody I could think of. I had like like thirteen. Like maybe 15 wish I coulds. It was just too short notice for them to go. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. I yeah. knew it was something they would like. And we wound up with like three and a half people because one person had to leave yeah. an hour in. <laughs> but it was still really, it was a really effective workshop. And that was, that yeah. was how Emily and I actually Connected. met. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, and, and like I said, I was so grateful because this is just my favoriteest topic ever. And actually... To be quite frank, so this is the other piece of the puzzle, I came to New York City and I was like, you know, sort of gotta dance, you know, like, hey world, I'm a director, I've done a million Shakespeare plays, hire me now. And and like all the actors would literally go, like I was a vampire, like, oh no, a director. And then I would be like, and then they would ask me, well, are you an actor? And unfortunately I had a lot of trauma about being an actor. So I was like, no. And then they're like, you seem really like, you know, but your face is very mobile and very expressive. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm not an actor. <laughs> I know. I'm so dumb. And then, uh, and then I would say, well, but I'm a playwright. And they would all be like, are you now? You're a playwright? Do you have a role for me? <laughs> it's really, it's, come, come to New York, all you playwrights. Like, it's a sexy time. <laughs> People will be very interested in you. Yes. They will be so in. Well, they will be so interested well, in what you can very, do. For, yes. Actors will be all up in your grill yes. for a job. A little bit less, a little bit less the other way. Just yeah. a little unfortunate, you know. I mean, unless unless like you go down a skeevy pass with like I don't want to do. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I want to be a producer. <laughs> no. But um, because I had this educational background and because I'd been working on verse since 2008, which is a different story that I'm sure we will do another time. Um, but uh, I, I like rented space and tried to get students to do this workshop, but like no one knew me. And also there was no, like there have been various small companies in my research that would like there would be a verse playwright and then he would form a production company and they do his three verse plays and then it would disintegrate. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there wasn't a verse company that like actually fostered other verse playwrights essentially, which I, I do think is one of the major staying powers of turn to flesh. And, um, but so, so which is say no one wanted to take my, my class. Who was I, (laughs) you know, they're not going to, pay girl from Massachusetts money, which unfortunately New York can also be very provincial that way. Like you can show mm. them your entire CV and they're like, yeah, but none of us was in New York. And it's like, yeah, but do you know the armies I raised to do the Tempest? Like, yeah, oh. you know, and then, yeah, it wasn't until I did a staged reading where they just like, they had the script in front of them. They stood up, they sat down. It was in like a random studio again, down in Soho. Like it wasn't anything. And then finally people were like, oh, so you do things in New York? I'm like, once again, I have done I, Hamlet. I I've know. done The Tempest. I've done, like, I have created worlds and things. But, but yes, I had three people read aloud from a script without moving in front of you. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, that, I, that's been such a weird thing to try and get my head around. The, like, it's stupid. Just the preoccupation with having done work in New York City. It's, it, 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 it is. It's very provincial. It is very provincial. Um, I said it. I mean it. But, uh, <laughs> but because I had already paid for this space, um, so and no one was going to show up. So I grabbed two people that I had met at St. Malachy's, the Actors Chapel. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's the Catholic Actors Church kind of in town. It's in Times Square, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, I, so I had met two actors and I was like, so I have this play. It's in verse. I've only had readings. I'm like, I have a space. Will you come kind of strangers that I vaguely met by saying peace be with you? <laughs> and, and it, because actors will say yes to anything. <laughs> Guilty. Um, <laughs> right? uh-huh. yeah. uh, they were like, yes, absolutely. And they came down and they actually did my play Turn to Flesh, which is a short play about Medusa and Perseus. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the pieces come together yeah. now. And, and then they did that thing, which was like so overwhelming where they were like, so this was um, this was some really good shit. Do you like, I would love another hit of this. <laughs> Whatever this is, uh, do you do you want to like hook up again over your verse or something? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> so the following week, we had a read through of Acts one through three of my Cupid and Psyche, oh. and because I knew my Acts four and five were wrong, like they were just wrong, and oh. um, which again is a story for another day, and. Uh, so we read Acts 1 through 3. I got amazing feedback. I had some like really stellar actors. And then we were going to come back the following week. And then Hurricane Sandy hit. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But once again, from that, there was like, I was starting to meet actors. And it really was. So actors, you don't know what like power you have. Um, because they kept just, actors just kept saying, yes, like, we like this. We want this. Will you please do this again? Mm. And, uh, you know, and that's when I was like, okay, you know what, why don't I, basically, again, I was too scared to go into the pub to ask people to be like, would you please do my show? Um, <laughs> I, I also didn't want the control taken away because I didn't think people would understand how to do it. I thought they would get very doublet and hose about it if they did sure. anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas the stuff that I do tends to be very visceral. Yes, I fully agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having done my show the other day, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, oh, and, and even reading it, like or, or workshopping the stuff from Keep It in Psyche, uh, like reading that monologue was a really powerful experience. Even um, and on a cold read too. Go full gloat is the one that you're talking about, but yeah, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, so so uh, turn to flesh began because I failed to be able to teach this class. <laughs> And uh, I guess I've been trying to teach it ever since. I did teach it uh, last year, and I've given, like, short versions at, like, Shakespeare conferences and things. And that, as we were saying off mic before, when you invited us over, we had I had three hours to sort of try to get a whole semester's worth in. Yeah. And, um, and that was really helpful. And then this pandemic hit, and suddenly our entire – like, I mean, <laughs> dear listeners, Turn to Flesh had an entire season – with plays lined up and developmental readings lined up. And we were going to do two full shows. We managed to do one. And when we get to be in person again, we'll get to do Chris Rivera's Our Own Odyssey, which <gasps> is fantastic. Oh, I've got to come see that. It's so good, but it's also so theatrical. Like, it is not for Zoom. It is not for Zoom. It is yeah. for it is for the theater. So we'll be coming back with a vengeance for that. You can donate now to make sure that happens because we got no money because the pandemic hit right before our gala. Yeah. And so honestly, I don't know about you, but I was spending all this time going, A, do I want to pivot to anything digital? Mm-hmm. Do I want to wait this out? How stupid will the nation be? Yeah. I, I underestimated the stupidity, but I did think it was going to be at least a year. And now I'm thinking two or three before we're back in person. Yeah, me. Yeah, in me in too. major I also hubs. Underestimated. Yeah. yeah, and and so then it became a necessity, and that's where I was like, okay, well, I noticed that um, 
So I have like an audiobook that's available, Nachsturm Castle, for all of you who love Jane Austen and love gothic literature and love Buffy the Vampire Slayer and parodies. It is my campy version, a sequel to Northanger Abbey, where <laughs> she actually does go and gets caught up in a gothic novel, but refuses to believe it because she thinks her husband has essentially just planned a really interactive vacation honeymoon for her. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> and it's an audiobook read by um actually someone from Franciscan University from our little drama conclave. Yeah, so small is good. Um and Suzanne Fortin and she's a fantastic uh voiceover artist, but I noticed that that was selling in Amazon and I'm like, okay, yeah. I've been consuming more audio drama and podcasts and things because I'm just stuck inside and Netflix is not releasing things fast enough. And um <laughs> And so that's where I was like, well, about, you know, I, I tried to do one about a year and a half ago and it, it was too much for me. And again, I, I failed. I failed doing the beef podcast. I failed. Um, but that's where I reached out to you. I was like, Colin, are you as unemployed as I am? <laughs> Could I maybe talk to you about yeah. maybe like maybe doing some of my Jane Austen stuff? And that's where you were like, why aren't you doing the verse drama stuff? And I'm like, because who would want it, Colin? <laughs> who would want it? Well, I remember, yeah, first, yeah, I remember, like, my first reply when you messaged me was, like, God, please, yes. I've been wanting to, like, because I was thinking, I'd been, like, you know, yes, I was equally unemployed uh, and being strung, strung along by unemployment. I've gotten nothing still, by the way. Oh, fun no, fact. So, um, boo. And nobody, boo government. And no corporate entity near me is gives a shit what i've done in the arts uh and so man. i was like i would yes socialism that's where i'm kind of at man oh i'm and already know, there that's as i know you're there i am i'm inching there because i was taught it was scary by catholicism but the more oh, so I was look, I. The, the more i'm looking at it, the more i'm like but jesus <laughs> oh hell even catholic social teaching give like, things away Take care. Be nice. They like, held all things in common. I know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah. That's a, that's anyway, a, that would be a great like a side conversation. That'll be a side conversation for another day. Uh, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I was equally unemployed, and I, mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> my entire audio career, my degrees in acting. I discovered sound design. I learned just enough about sound design to be able to do it well You're i don't great. know shit about audio engine thank you i don't know shit about <laughs> audio engineering i've been learning Lies. that by necessity like my entire i'm 28 and already tired of reinventing myself however okay no but this is the thing the pandemic hit and it was like the airplane we were all in exploded <laughs> and now and there were no parachutes. Like there were never going to be parachutes because it was an artistic airplane. <laughs> so, um, so you're in an airplane, it's exploded, and you are trying to cobble together a schlarfenflumpf. Now you don't know what a schlarfenflumpf is or what it does or whether it needs wheels or like a rudder because you're not sure what you're going to hit. When you oh. get down to the bottom and you're trying to make this jarpenflump that you are just defining as you go from bits of things that are falling around you and you're holding it together with like duct tape and hope and going like, and now it's art. It's a mid-air <laughs> mid MacGyver. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> but you're creating, but this Zoom stuff, you're creating, and even the world of like audio, like you're kind of creating what it is without knowing what it is. Right, which, exactly. Which I put to you is what Elizabethan drama was also doing. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I've found that, like, as I learn engineering, and shout out to TSDCA, the Theatrical Sound Designers and Composers Association, whoop, whoop. Um, they had a bunch of free panels on pivoting to this stuff. So I learned about loudness guidelines and how they're trying to establish a standard. A lot of really important stuff about remote, remote recording and all of that. So I'm less, I'm less freaked out about it now. But, like, my entire sound career has operated on a... A, a need to do basis like yeah. <laughs> i don't know this but i will <laughs> and um yeah so i was really interested in pivoting to podcasts mm -hmm. uh and the uh, like having this be a first opportunity something that i as an actor thought was of such value uh in the first place uh was a wonderful um kind of first first foray project and that one of the values 
that I already knew I had was really well-trained ears because I was mm. a jazz musician first. Mm-hmm. And as I've sound designed in discussions with my mentor and like kind of, you know, playing stuff, tracks that I made up just to see if I could do it in garage band, um, thinking, Oh, I don't, I'm not allowed to feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, he would be like, I, you don't need help. You, you're, you know what you want to hear. That's the most important thing. And you got what you wanted to hear. You don't need to know shit about music theory. Just do it. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? So like both, Actually, there's been so many moments hmm. of just like having somebody that I respected give me permission. Like it was mm. talking to Josh and while well, giving him a ride to his hotel <laughs> after working on some show in Chicago when he said that to me. And then your workshop, Emily, just like having these moments of permission that have mm. been really pivotal and uh, to be able to Did- put that permission in a podcast? But that's also what I received. I mean, that's what I received from you when you were saying that you'd been giving out the the, the pamphlet that I made for your class. Um, I'm old. Yeah, I have it right here. <laughs> which which I, I'm sure will turn into a, a book on Amazon or yeah. or hire me, Hopper. What is it? Harper Collins? Yeah. Harper Collins, Routledge. Yeah. yeah. If you want it to be a textbook. I mean, like, it'd be a good textbook. Because the thing is, and we'll talk about this more in other, what I've discovered in doing, having the leisure to have so much time to work on this, rather than doing a little, like, you know, 90-minute class, three-hour class type thing. These sort of very fast master classes where I'm just trying to get the fundamental ideas into your head with a little bit of, you know, trying it out. Um, To have the leisure to work on it really in a concentrated form and to, again, not be able to do any other job than this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and just going around the same neighborhood every day on my daily walk. So like I'm bored of it. So I may as well think of something else. Um, it's, I have, I've realized in a profound way that verse drama is entirely its own discipline, that it is as, mm-hmm. as separate a discipline as straight theater is from musical theater, as musical theater is from opera, as opera is from ballet, that it is a distinct, different, unique with its own rules um, and bugs and features. Uh, Yeah. And that it has, as I said to you, I think on one of our very late night talks, um, the sad thing is that we've been continuing to reinvent one author's wheel um, rather than looking at what, what is the thing itself? Yeah. What does it do itself? So that's what this whole podcast has been, uh, is going to be. And I, there's things that I hadn't even realized, although I've been a Shakespearean since I was eight, um, really. And I've been, you know, writing verse for about a dozen years. Um, you know, in a focused way and, and then, you know, had this company for, I can never count if it's seven or eight years from 2013 <laughs> and it's 2020. And how do you want to count that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this podcast has been a revelation for me yeah, as well. And been, I would I've, not have done it without the permission from you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I had a thought and I lost it. Maybe it can be saved uh, for another time. It'll be safe for um, another time. I think this is a good place Friends, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for coming into the pub. And yeah. that's a takeaway. I like that idea, calling into, it the, the pub. <laughs> yeah, go into the pub, come into the pub. Help us out with the title. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, we said we were going to do a half hour, but you have nothing else to do in your life. So spend, and besides, it's always true, right? When you go to the pub, you're like, I'll just come for one. Yeah. That never. never that's never the case even if it is just one it's like two hours of one uh-huh. <laughs> very well nursed drink yeah. all right friends next time all right. bye talk to you soon bye hamlet to hamilton is a special project of turn to flesh productions audio division turn to flesh is a theater company in new york city that develops new plays in heightened text with vibrant roles for women and those underrepresented in classical art. In other words, we create new Shakespeare plays for everybody Shakespeare didn't write for. Hamlet to Hamilton is hosted by Emily C.A. Snyder, 
with audio engineering and sound design by Colin Kovarik and original music by Taylor Benson. Special thanks to Esther Williamson for transcripts. To learn more about us or to support the podcast, visit hamlettohamilton.com or sign up to become a monthly patron by visiting patreon.com backslash hamlettohamilton. Other ways to support include leaving us a great review on Apple Podcasts or spreading the word about us with the hashtag Hamlet to Hamilton or H2H using the numeral two in between. Are you a verse playwright, an educator, an actor, an interdimensional space traveler with a love of blank verse? Well, we want to hear from you. You can join the Turn to Flesh community and the community of Hamlet to Hamilton by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram at Hamlet to Hamilton or at Turn to Flesh. Thank you for joining us, dear friends, for all things true, good, beautiful, and frequently in verse.